2: You know, it's a shame Al's not here today. We've talked to talk Florida LSU with him. And why would we do that? Because he loves offense. There were 24 runs scored by Florida yesterday in the um, College World Series. 24 to 4. They hit six home runs. That's what I would call a lot of offense. Hey, before we get to Flegelman, how about this story I came across? Uh, involving LeBron James. So LeBron James in 2020 bought a home in Beverly Hills. Now, I know he's the Lakers. and He's not going anywhere. This is where he's going to finish his career unless he comes to the the Knicks for the final year or so when he's 40. Um, So in 2020, LeBron buys a 13,000-square-foot mansion in Beverly Hills for $37 million. Eddie, what do you think he is doing with that home? What do you think he's adding on or... What type of construction do you think he is doing? Well, I have to assume there already was a basketball court. Uh, I would think so. I don't know the answer to that, but I'm sure there probably was a basketball court. Yes, or not? He put one in. Would you? Would you think that's the big movie he's making? No, because I think that would probably already be there. Okay, fair enough. Bowling alley. Bowling alley. Again, good. Good question. Good answer. But no. No, he is. Um, he's actually imploded the building, the entire structure, to rebuild ground up. Didn't like the house. Okay, uh, thirty-seven million. Now again, he's got to be worth two billion dollars, maybe more. I, so it's not much to him. But could you imagine spending thirty-seven million dollars on a property only to wipe it away to start clean? I can't wow. imagine spending thirty-seven dollars on a shirt and throwing it away. <laughs> You went here, yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I understand that. Yeah, pretty wild. And apparently he's getting crushed on social media for doing this. But his rebuild has become – so it came with, just to answer your question, it came with a pool, a pool house, tennis courts, uh, and it's noted one of the largest driveways in all of Beverly Hills. So this is what you get for $37 million in Beverly Hills. Four bedrooms, eight bathrooms, seven fireplaces – a screening room, and a trophy room, and all of that gone to rebuild. Must be nice. Yes, indeed. M- must be nice. What do you need with eight bathrooms? Uh, and only four bedrooms? Right. I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe you got two in the basement. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't They really have basements in California with the earthquakes. I don't know. Good question. Yeah, that's the voice of Mike Fliegelman who joins me for the final segment. All right, so
0: you tell me, are we going to fight over Buck Showalter? Where do you stand on Buck? No, I I'm surprised people were crushing Buck as much as they were yesterday, and like, have been. This, this is a game that is played by the players. Uh, Brett Beatty boots a double play ball. Jeff Brigham comes in, gets the ground ball the team needs. Beatty boots it. This is also a team that yeah they did score their six runs, two for ten with runners in scoring yeah. position. Lindor strikes out with the bases yeah. loaded, can't do anything another time with a guy on third. Comes up, nobody on base. Here's a solo home run. This is just it's a team game. They play as a team. They played poorly as a team. This is not on the manager.
2: No, I agree. And then you mentioned Beatty and and Lindor, too. I mentioned him before. He's got to take some heat for not coming through
0: in big spots again. But the guy that really bothers me is Carrasco. I agree. I heard you say in the first segment. Come on. And there, like, there were some people saying, oh, maybe Buck should have left him in for another inning, knowing that he had a short bullpen. We watched Carlos Carrasco those first four innings. You leave him in for the fifth. What does anybody think is going to happen? Carlos Carrasco is done, and if Quintana wasn't hurt and Tyler McGill and David Peterson didn't take 20 steps back, this guy might not be in the rotation. He doesn't deserve to be in the rotation. We're complaining about a guy with an ERA near seven. Oh, Buck should have left him in for another inning. Come on.
2: But that, And so that's my point. Like, these are the cards they've been dealt. They're not a good team right now. They're not built properly, and they've had injuries. So that, to me, is, is a factor here, too. Quintana, hopefully, at some point, maybe – not this month, but maybe early July can and can join the rotation. They need it's so funny how you spend so much money on pitching, and their biggest problem is pitching. Like from day to day, I actually feel pretty good about Scherzer right now. Now that can change with one bad start, but I feel pretty good about him. I don't know about Verlander. I really don't. McGill, Peterson maybe tomorrow. I don't even want to see Carrasco take the mound
0: anymore. Like no, they're and Pim's they're, they're terrible all in that group. McGill, Peterson yes. and Carrasco are all in that group of I never wanna see this guy pitch again. And the Mets are in a spot where they have to rely on at least two of them. Every five times through. It's not sustainable. And yeah, they they spent a ton of money on the pitching. Scherzer has been, even lately, he's been better. Better. The, the start against the Yankees and the one against the Braves, disappointing. But he gave you the eight innings against the Astros the other day. He gave you the win against Philly. He yep. hasn't been terrible. Verlander's been too inconsistent. And even Senga has been more in line, I think, about what they expected. He's up and down. ERA still in the He's mid-threes. okay. He's, he's okay. He's, not, he's certainly not great. But they expected one. They signed Cantana for one reason. He's durable. This is a guy that, in his career, all he does is make 30 starts a year. He gets hurt before he throws in a real game. And then between Carrasco just being what he was last year, a fifth starter, or McGill and Peterson, one of those guys not taking a step back, it's all gone wrong. They weren't perfectly built. Of course, there are a couple of moves where I would nitpick, like with the bullpen. I thought they could have used one more reliever. I still think they should have gotten one more, you know, locked not locked or a guy who you know they're reliable. It's a proven veteran. You know what you're getting. That might win them an extra game or two along the way. They're seven games below 500. Yeah, That's not the bad. reason they're here. The starting pitching has been overall atrocious. They're 20-3 and three when the starter can go six innings. That means the back end of the bullpen, the guys you're relying on, the way Robertsons, Raley's, the Adovino's. But for the most part, when they're just supposed to be your top four or five guys getting you three innings in a game, they're getting the job done. Now, the underbelly of it is very bad, and you're really saying we talked about it on Friday. The trickle-down effect of losing Edwin Diaz is showing itself in a big, big way. Right now, it's really starting to show itself. There's
2: no question. Because for the first two months of the season, I don't want to say he didn't realize he wasn't there. I mean, obviously, his presence is a big deal. I'm, so don't, I'm not taking that away from him. But it didn't I thought, hurt them nearly as much as didn't. we thought it might have. Been. And, they, and it, there were too many games where they never had a lead. You were never going to use him anyway. And guys were getting the job done in spots he'd be used. But now it has become a problem. Now it's become a big problem at probably the most crucial point in the season where you need to... Kind of like we talk about the Yankees with with judge out. They kind of need to keep their head above water. The Mets need to figure out a way to get their head above water right now and just baby steps to get back. And them not having him has been a problem. The other thing, too, with the starters, like I sit there now on a day-to-day basis and say, can you
0: give us five innings and three runs? And that speaks to Carrasco Six, yesterday. Right? And yes, I know he didn't get the chance to go out for the fifth, but with Turner coming up again, who's already two for two against oh. him with a bomb of a home run. I have no faith that Carlos Carrasco. None. Like I, when Buck takes him out, even not knowing what you were going to see at the end of the bullpen, I didn't have a problem with it. Carlos Carrasco was not getting through that fifth inning. Nope. Like I just I, that, and that's where you are with the pitching. Yep, like it feels like five innings, even though that magic number for them has been six. It feels like five innings and three runs, which is not a good start. No, it's not a good start. It feels
2: like a win for them. I don't even think six innings and three runs is a Grammy with this quality start crap. Ah, eh, it's okay. No, six. Yeah, it's not like, quali- that's it's it keeps it's okay. your it
0: keeps your team in the game. Does nothing more than that.
2: Yes, that's exactly. And we sit there and we celebrate it like it's this great. afternoon. it's really not. It's no, all right. But for them this year, it's been the magic number, and it feels like a miracle right now. Yeah, and they also when they score six runs, they don't win. Well, and I, now, can, I can't believe how the many amount of times they have. they've
0: lost this year doing that, which speaks to one thing: it's pitching. Like the lineup has been way too inconsistent. And yes. again, yesterday they come through. They have their hits. Brett Beatty, perfect example. I already mentioned Lindor. He has two hits his first couple at-bats. The third at-bat, he hits a deep fly ball to left field. Schwarber makes a nice play at defense. He comes up second and third, one out. Any of that plays, the space hit, the yep. single, deep fly ball, and he can't make contact. Right. You got to put that the ball That changes the play. game.
2: Absolutely, it changes the game. There's no doubt. And then his play... We can't. Get, I don't know if he couldn't get the ball out of his glove. If McNeil's, I don't know what the hell that was, but that was a whatever play that it really is. Hurt it, it all comes too. down
0: to whatever can go wrong for this team is going wrong right now. No doubt, and they have to figure out. Like it's, it's 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 with them on the field, they have to be better. They have to play better. They're not good enough, probably, but they're also letting way too many opportunities slip away.
2: And on the flip side, you've got the Yankees who, you know, they don't get a Cole-like start, but their bullpen does do a good job. Cole only gets you to the fifth inning, four and two-thirds. But I tell you, it goes to show when you get your guys back. Like Harrison Bader was great yesterday, and I know there's no judge, but, you know, Volpe starts it, and then Bader finishes it, and then Stanton tacks on. So I thought for the Yankees, important this weekend to do what they did.
0: Is it fair to say at this point, obviously Aaron Judge is number one. Harrison Bader might be the second most important Yankee. Look at this uh, lineup possible. when he's in it and yeah. when he's out of it. It's possible, especially when you look, look, look at what they've
2: been like without the two of them. You can make every like, – People were excited when Harrison Bader came back. As they should be. And you be. see why. Absolutely. So, uh, it's just a weird uh, – It's a very strange baseball season. When you, you think about – the Reds' big winning streak, which they've had this infusion of youth, and I know De La will hit them for the cycle this weekend. I mean, that kid has been unbelievable. It's kind of like what the Mets are hoping that they would get. And Alvarez has been good. Beatty's been good, but no one's done what this kid's doing. And Beatty's just been okay. He's hitting like two forty. Yeah, yeah been he's all okay. Right. He's been he's been he's been fine. Feruggi's been fine. Alvarez hits the home runs. Right, good enough. But you got with the Reds doing what they've done with the with the big winning streak. You've got a team like the Pirates that has been up and down, like I've never seen. A team like the Rays, who all they do is win. The Rangers don't have DeGrom. And I know they lost two out of three this weekend, but they are one of the best teams in baseball. The Mets have been terrible. The Giants have the big winning streak, have themselves back in it. The Padres have been as
0: much money as the Mets can't get out of their own way. That's just honestly, a weird season. It is part of it. I do think there are implications with the new rules and all the changes. There's definitely more of a youth movement happening this year than I think a lot of veteran teams like the Mets and Padres expected it to happen so much so soon. The veterans haven't adjusted in the same way, but I just look around the league. I don't know if I see the great team. Maybe I'd put the Braves there, but we talk about the American League. For all the wins that a team like the Rays have right now, for the record of the Rangers, you see them stack up against the Yankees, and right now this is a Yankees team without Aaron Judge. For sure. I'm not all that impressed by those teams.
2: No, because and, and well, the Rays I would be worried about because they still do. I don't, worried about,
0: yes, yes. but uh, so scared that I think, well, If the Yankees play their game at their best in a five- or seven-game series, they can't beat this team. I don't think baseball has any great teams this year. The only team that a Yankee fan has a block on right now would be the
2: Astros. And that's just because you haven't beaten And rightly so, for sure. I still think if you play, you know, like Cleveland, they handled them last year. I know it was a five games, but they still handled Cleveland like they were supposed to. I agree with you. I would be confident with them against Texas as good as they've been. I would feel like they can beat the Rays for sure if they saw them in, in, in a postseason scenario. So you're not wrong about that. Uh, it's wide open, and that's where you get the extra wild card. And I hate when we talk about just get in and you can see what happens. But in a lot of cases, it's true. I mean, look what the Phillies
0: did last year. Right, we hate it that and front offices and teams are going to point to it. We hate that it's true. Yeah, but, but it is but true. But it is.
2: Sadly, it is true. It's kind of like what the NFL's become. You know, when I was a kid, if you had home field advantage in the NFL – you were essentially going to at least the NFC or the AFC championship game, and most likely you were going to the Super Bowl. Now it doesn't matter. Wild card teams go win all their games on the road. you got the same thing in baseball. You have no idea when the playoffs begin who's actually going to make a run, who's not. It's, eh, hmm, again, the crapshoot word I don't like, but that's also become very true. In the po- You don't know who's going to do it.
0: I think there are still elements where you can prepare yourself better for that crapshoot. I think that's maybe where the Yankees have not done the best job in the last couple of years with decisions to make yourself just positioned a little bit better for postseason success. But overall, the idea of, hey, just get there and play your best baseball for two, three weeks and anything can happen. And be healthy. That's tr- and be healthy, and be which healthy. is something that... Nobody can actually predict. Correct. So you, you really just—it's luck. It's interesting too. So you think about the NBA. The Nuggets were the best team, and they rolled through the postseason. Well, think about a couple of years ago when the Bucks won the uh, the title because every team they face is dealing with major injury, yes. major injury, major injury. Hundred percent. There's no question about that. Um, But the Heat
2: come out of the eight seed and are in the finals. So while the the Nuggets won. You still have the Heat doing something that no one expected them to do, even though they were in the finals last year. Still an eight seed. You don't see that very often. In hockey, I mean, look, no further than the Bruins. Uh, they were ousted so quickly. Baseball last year with the Phillies making the run. Then in football, the Chiefs, went. I know that. But you've got teams that make the postseason and have little playoff pushes. It is, it's is—it's a
0: different game. Everything's different. Everything in hockey, is different. it's been that way for a little bit longer, but you're seeing the other sports really catch up to that where it's just, hey, make the tournament, give yourself a shot. And anybody can make a run. Yeah, no question about it.
2: All right, Mike. Thanks very much. We will uh, talk to you along the way here. Thanks, Jerry. That is uh, Fleegs on the Fan, as they call it. We're going to take one final break. When we come back, we will wrap things up. We'll get Boomer and Gio in here on a uh, on a Monday, as we will have a lot of Mets, a at Yankees throughout the course of the day. Right now, you know, usually, so just so you guys have an understanding how this goes. So at this time every day, we throw to an Odyssey Sports Minute, and it's usually Amy Lawrence. Now, last week she was off, so it was someone else. Well, Amy's back. And the way this works is Eddie writes out the topic. And a lot of times I have to catch myself because Eddie is what they would say um, not politically correct a lot of times. That's not the right exact phrase. Yeah, he tries to make you say things that you shouldn't say by just putting it in there. Here's Amy with blah, blah, blah. And I can't say blah, blah or blah, but I catch it. I'm going to say it the way Eddie wrote it today. Here's Amy Lawrence with an Odyssey Sports Minute. The Mets blow chunks. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Hi, welcome back, Al will be back on Wednesday. As he, I think he gets back uh, later this afternoon from Indiana. I did not see any social media. Although I really haven't been on it, I guess the couple of times I checked, I did not see anything from him uh, for his trip to Indiana. But I'm sure he will have a ton of photos at some point as he went and saw John Cougar at Mellon Camp. Um, Mets lose, Yankees win, all good. G's in here. So I want to. So I was in Atlantic City this weekend. And I will remember last week we were talking about the demographic that we were talking, mostly men, 35 to 54, whatever. I will tell you, since I made that comment, the the amount of women that have come up to me that say one woman this weekend that Borgata said that I was sexist by saying the demographic was wrong. She watches the show every day. Yeah. Um, The amount of ladies that said hello to me over the weekend and not because of any other reason other than the show was staggering. Yeah, I've noticed that, too, and a lot of it,
1: of course, has to do with CBS Sports Network, and I think it starts with the husbands. They put it on, and then the women want to revolt in the beginning. <laughs> I have to listen to this in the car with you. Now you're putting it on in the house, and then they see us, and they see us laughing, and I think it sort of grows on Look them. at me, bitches. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. There was one guy from Brooklyn. He now lives in Pennsylvania. Steve Pellegrino. I remember his name. He was a great guy. His wife comes over, and she was, like, trying to pull him away. She's like, "We well, you just leave him alone? He was great, though. Like, really nice guy. Went up buying him a drink. Was terrific. Then there was this other guy that I meet in the hallway. Uh, not in the hallway, but, like, around the casino where he stopped me. Could not have been nicer. Says hello. Takes the picture. And he goes point blank. He goes, my wife hates you guys. Huh. I'm yep. like, oh, okay. I'm like, do anything we did? She goes, No. He doesn't stop listening or watching. I can't take it anymore. Very sweet. She didn't mean us personally. Sure, of course. But she said she loses her husband every morning. Yeah, to
1: not, the show. Right, and I think that's sort of the way that I was with Gina too when we first met. She was like, "Well,
2: you do this for a living, and then you listen to this stuff all day long too, too much." I was like, yeah, I do it's too much. And then there my was, craft. Then there were these ladies at the at the bar on Saturday night. A good firm breast. <laughs> yes, potentially. Um, where she? Potentially. Well, yes. Okay. Uh, she came up and was very nice and loves thicker geo. Oh, loves thicker me. Yes, does not like all the weight you've lost. Why? She thought you looked. Like, I did like not. A big strong man. I did now not you look, look, now look you like look too thin.
1: Nah, well that's that's a compliment. I'll take that. I was not a big strong man. I was doughy. I was unhealthy, and I felt like crap and looked like crap. So now I'm uh, I, great, man. Look, I can bounce back from a, a stomach virus in like six hours these days. <laughs> yeah, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I don't know. It was weird. I don't even know what the hell happened, but it happened on Saturday night, and I'm back here today, and you've got two black eyes, and I'm- I
2: do. And I'm I a little do. weak. Hi, boom. But other than that- How you doing? Good
0: morning, guys. Now
2: I look the way you said Friday that I yes. got into a fight. This was- I was at Borgata. I went there Friday. Everything was great. I woke up the next morning. What the hell is that? Which they told me was going to happen.
0: WFAN, WFAN-FM, WFAN-FM HD1, New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.